Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 11 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a great episode because the NFL season started last week. That's right, we are underway. We've had many amazing games, and that's right, the NFL season is underway. We had our first 16 games last week, and then we had another game on Thursday night to start off week two. And Andrew, it was a great last week, and it's going to be another great week this week. Andrew, last week, we saw a lot of big headlines, but Andrew, one thing that just really, really stood out to me was every single quarterback drafted in the first round of last year's draft, or of this year's draft, really struggled, especially those at the top. Andrew, number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, the supposed lord and savior of the Jacksonville Jaguars, stunk. Andrew, they were playing the Texans, who have one of the sorriest defenses I've seen in a long time. And Trevor Lawrence was sorry he tried to play them. He was horrible. I believe he threw at least two interceptions. I don't even think he threw two touchdowns. He was absolutely horrible. And I think this might have been his worst game since middle school. They're looking at this guy's high school stats. He never played this bad of a game. Trevor Lawrence did horrible. Now, Andrew, I'm not saying he stinks or anything. It's one game. But, again, you would have really liked to see him come out and dominate, just like he did at Clemson. But nope, that was not the case. Let's see if he can turn it around this week. Andrew, the number two pick in this year's track was also quarterback, was also a quarterback, and that was Zach Wilson. Andrew, Wilson of the Jets was playing against the Panthers. And Andrew, Wilson also did horrendous. I believe this guy also threw two interceptions, didn't even throw two touchdowns, had a horrendous game. But Andrew, this one, doesn't shock me as much. The Panthers have a decent defense. And also, Andrew, the Jets really have no wide receiver talent at all. And again, what people are looking at was Zach Wilson. Last year, he had an amazing season. He almost won the Heisman. But two years ago, this guy really wasn't that good. He just kind of came on last year. So the question was raised in a lot of people's minds, and surely in my mind, was this guy going to show his the way he played last year? Or two years ago. And Andrew, I hate to say it, but he definitely did not play like he did any of last year. He really struggled. Andrew, and then we look to the third quarterback drafted, who, Trey Lance, who did not play because Jimmy Garoppolo started. And then we also saw Justin Fields did not play because Andy Dalton was the starter. But then we look to the final quarterback drafted, which was Mac Jones of the Patriots. Now, Andrew, we saw the shocking move two weeks ago of the Patriots dropping Cam Newton to start Mac Jones and to put all of their trust in him. Andrew, how did Mac Jones fare with all of the pressure of the quarterback on him? Fine. To be honest, not great. But you know what? For having some problem, for having some problems in training camp and Cam Newton controversy and whatnot, and playing against a phenomenal defense in the Dolphins, he did well for all the circumstances. Now, even though the game was very very close. You probably would have liked to see a little bit better for Mac Jones. That arm strength was a lot of what people, what he sold a lot of people on, which didn't we didn't see as much because the targets just are not there at the moment. But we'll have to see. Ryan, we have just seen our first very big injury of the season, and that guy is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, for the Washington football team, we saw that he signed that they signed him as a free agent this season since they were losing Alex Smith and Kyle Allen, their starters from last year. But sadly, in the first game of the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick got a little bit of a dirty hit on him. Nothing that, like, I'm mad about. Just in the NFL, 
since they've started to say that a lot of quarterback injuries happen when they get sacked and a defensive lineman or linebacker falls on them, puts all their weight on them, and kind of crunches them, which is exactly what happened to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there are some rules and flags being thrown about what kind of hits are legal. I don't even remember if there was an actual flag. It was very close. But very sorry, Frank Fitzpatrick. He'll be out, I believe, six to eight weeks. So should be okay for the end of the season, but still very mad. Taylor Heineke took over in that game and did decent, but lost the game. And then on Thursday night football, which we'll go over soon, he was also the starter against the Giants, which the football team did win in a stunning game. But something that we just have to go over right now is that every single NFC West team won. And now, that may sound, oh, wow. But then when you got to think about, you got the Rams versus the Bears, who offense was just phenomenal. The defense was just stifling that Bears offense. Just the Bears offense really didn't do that great, but whatever. Then we see the Cardinals, who somehow destroyed the Titans. Now, personally, I picked this as my number one upside of the week, Cardinals over the Titans. Not going to lie, I never would have predicted that this game could have gone so one-sided with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray was just phenomenal. DeAndre Hopkins, we all knew that he was a great wide receiver, but we did not know how good his deep game was going into this season. Christian Kirk had two huge plays in that defense. Oh, the defense. Chandler Jones had five sacks in the first three quarters. Derrick Henry didn't even get 80 yards. He got zero touchdowns. Crazy. Ryan Danhill, I believe, got strip-sacked twice. Just Crazy how well this Cardinals defense did. Then we go to the 49ers playing the Lions. Really nothing to talk about there. Debo Samuel had an amazing game. Jimmy Garoppolo surprisingly looked really well. And then in the final team in that division, the Seahawks beat the Colts. No surprise there. Ryan, in one of the most crazy games of the week, the Packers play the Saints. Now, Ryan, sadly, the Packers probably won, right? Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams with that last answer or whatever. Obviously, Sean, right? Andrew, that's what everyone was thinking until the game started. This might have been the worst Packers output in the Matt LaFleur era, which I believe has been this season and the past two seasons. Andrew, the Packers got destroyed. They lost 38-3. Aaron Rodgers didn't even throw for 100 yards, didn't throw for a touchdown, threw two interceptions. Their star running back, Aaron Jones, didn't get any touchdowns, only rushed for not even 10 yards. And the star wide receiver didn't even get 80 yards or any touchdowns. Andrew, this was one of the best games ever for Saints young quarterback Jameis Winston, who this year is a heavy early favorite for most improved player. Andrew, we remember Jameis Winston was the star coming out of the draft a couple of years ago on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was supposed to lead them to the playoffs, but just really struggled because of the interceptions. Even though he scored a million touchdowns, he also threw a million interceptions. But Andrew, today... That game was all touchdowns, baby. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. That's exactly what people were expecting out of Jameis Winston in his perfect game. And he played almost a perfect game. Andrew, Jameis Winston was the Saints. Now, Andrew, again, Packers played horrible. Nothing you can say about it. But, Andrew, it seems pretty likely to me this won't be the normal. They're going to improve. Andrew, this Monday night, they play the Lions. They are going to dominate or else... I would be floored. But, Andrew, just looking at the Saints, a lot of people thought this team was out of the playoffs. They lost Drew Brees. Michael Thomas is not really that good anymore. Their defense is struggling. They lost some people on the offensive line. Andrew, what are your new expectations for the Saints 
after this resounding, very convincing victory over a good playoff team. Ryan, to be honest, I'm not going to say that the Saints are my new Super Bowl favorite or a team that's right up there with the Bucs and the Chiefs. But in my opinion, I feel like they wrote their name into that second slash third tier of like the Bills, the Browns, and the Rams. Now, in my opinion, the Rams are probably a little bit above that, and the Browns, after their first week game, are also above that. But I feel like they're kind of right there with maybe like the Steelers or around there, maybe with like every other team in the NFC West. Or kind of like the Titans if they would actually be decent. But I just feel like this team, they're missing that receiver. Now, don't get me wrong. James Winston in this game made all of his wide receivers look good besides Marquez Callaway, which is very surprising to me because he was the heavy favorite to be the number one target without Michael Thomas. But he only had two catches for 15 yards. But that's besides the point. Both James Winston. I just feel like this team could go super, super far if he keeps playing like this. Now, to be honest, I don't think he will. Because, to be honest, this Packers team, they were in disarray. This, their offense was basically never on the same page. Their defense just looks confused out there, to say that. They were drop coverages, just blown tackles. Just no, they couldn't knock anyone to the ground. This was just a terrible game. But I'm really interested to see when the Saints play the Bucks, Or if they play, I believe this year they play the Cowboys in the Washington football team. That's a very good defense out there. I don't know. I just really want to see them play against some slightly better teams. I'm not saying the Packers are bad. I'm just saying in this matchup, it might have been challenging. But we'll have to talk about that team. But fine. In another very interesting game, the Bills played the Steelers. Now, to be honest, I don't even know what I thought was going to happen in this game. I think I picked the Bills just because I felt like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that connection was going to live long and true. But Ryan, something happened that was crazy. The Steelers' defense really came alive. We all knew this was a great defense, but this might be the best defense. Ryan, tell me, is the Steelers' team for real after this pretty good win over the Bills, or is this just the Bills giving us false hope after last season? Andrew, personally, I feel like both teams had a very interesting game, and I feel like I'm not really changing my view on either team that much. But, I mean, again, when we came into the season, in this AFC, I feel like it is heavily heavily tier-based. At the first tier, easily the Kansas City Chiefs. Impenetrable tier, not possible to get into it. In tier two, we easily see the Bills and the Browns as the two favorites to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, and I feel like that is unlikely to change. Then after that tier, we kind of get a little bit murkier, but I feel like still pretty solid with the Titans, the Colts, the Steelers, and the Ravens. Now, I feel like the Steelers have shot themselves up to the top of this tier, and maybe even the number one team in that tier. And I feel like the Bills, they might have gotten themselves now behind the Browns in their AFC playoff projection. But either way, I feel like this game didn't mean that much. Let's be real. Andrew, this was a close game. If the Steelers would have come out there, and they would have let up less than 10 points, and they would have put up 40 points, I would have said, oh my god, you gotta be looking at the Steelers as a Super Bowl favorite. But Andrew, the Steelers had a decent game. They scored, I believe... Two touchdowns, was it? And three field goals or something like that. They had a decent game. Their defense was very good. I believe they let up three touchdowns, which is a solid game against Josh Allen. But, again, they're going to play some tough games. And the question is, can the defense continue to, to show up? And on offense, that's led by one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league in Ben Roethlisberger. 
three wide receivers where none of them have really proved to be top of the league, a rookie running back, a struggling offensive line. I, I would be absolutely shocked if that offense can keep up with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Now, Andrew, speaking of those three MVP favorites, they played against the Browns. And Andrew, as I said, the Browns are right behind the Chiefs. So this could easily be a playoff matchup that we see the Chiefs versus the Browns. Now, Andrew, last year, this was also a playoff, in, a, a playoff matchup in the AFC semifinal game where we saw an amazing game played by the Browns. But she's so close, but not enough as last year. We know the Chiefs won the game. And, Andrew, that is exactly what happened this year. The Browns played another amazing game. They looked like they were going to win. Patrick Mahomes looked vulnerable. But, Andrew, the Chiefs turned it around to win the game. Coming back from losing again, as it seems like, it's almost their goal now. The Chiefs, again, reclaim their spot at the top of the AFC as the Browns find their way now. Having... A great comeback matchup this week against the Texans. Let's see if they can rebound. Andrew, what do you think has changed the most in this AFC playoff picture this week? Ryan, one thing that I don't even know what I was realizing. One thing that I just feel like people are way overhyping is the Tennessee Titans. Now, don't get me wrong. This is still a playoff team. This is still a good team. But I just have to say, this team, I don't know if they're a playoff team, to be honest. Now, Ryan, your tiers are creative, but to be honest, the Titans and another team that, personally, I was never even thinking they were going to make the playoffs. Personally, I didn't even think they were going to get top four in their division. Personally, I, th- I projected them to get last in their division. That's the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know that I'm kind of a big hater of them and that I talk about them negatively a lot, but I'm sorry. Could someone please explain to me how this is a team, okay, with a third-string running back who's a rookie who's taking the fourth round, okay, Ryan? I don't care. I don't care that the Steelers took Najee Harris and that he's the running back, okay? He's a first-round running back. He almost won the Heisman, if not for his own teammate. He won the championship, okay? Then we look at the Ravens, okay? Who are the Ravens' targets, okay? You have Mark Andrews, who's good because he's a tight end and he's pretty big. Then you have Marquise Brown, who gets one catch for 20 yards every other game. Then you have, oh, sorry, who? Rashad Bateman? Oh, he's injured. Okay. Then we have, yeah, basically no one. I'm sorry. Yes, this defense is pretty good, but they're full of injuries. And sorry. But last year, who was the team that had a bunch of injuries? Oh, yeah, the 49ers. Oh, yeah, how they do? Yeah, very, very poorly. And to be honest, the Steelers, they had a great week one performance. The Browns played very well. The Bengals won the first game against the Vikings. I'm just saying. This could be a very good division where I do not see the Ravens even close to coming out. That's just my opinion. Back to the Titans. Don't love them this season. Ryan, basically, week one is in the books now. This week, we got to move on. But, Andrew, just one really, really, really quick thing. Andrew, when we were talking about the first-round quarterback, I just really want to quickly touch on the first-round target selected in the first round. Andrew, the first target selected in the first round was the number four overall pick by the Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Andrew, how did he fare last week against the Eagles? Ryan, to be honest, this was not his fault whatsoever. This Eagles defense came out blazing. Matt Ryan came out looking his age, looking like the guy who lost 27-3 in the Super Bowl oh so many years ago. But he played decent for himself. I believe he was a decent tight end down the week without a touchdown. Decent. Then our next tiger was Jalen Waddell at a, with the Miami Dolphins. He did fine. I mean, he didn't do amazing. He got a touchdown. 
basically, that was just the same exact day for Devontae Smith. Did fine. I believe had like 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good day for him. Then we saw, um, finally, Jamar Chase, who definitely did the best. I'm just calling it. He is by far, in my opinion, the best target in this year's draft. I don't care about Kyle Pitts. I don't care about Jalen Law. I don't care about Devontae Smith. It is Jamar Chase. Went out for 100 yards and a touchdown in his rookie day. Let's look forward to this week's games. Now, to be honest, this week really doesn't have any amazing games, but we do have to look at this Sunday night football showdown between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Last year, this was one of the most anticipated, anticipated games in the entire league. And it was a complete blowout. The Chiefs blew them out. That's exactly what I'm hoping for this time. I think that'll happen. But this week, we also have a very interesting Monday night football between the Packers and the Lions. Ryan, anytime I turn on Sports Center or any type of show like that, they're always talking about if the Packers win, they don't win, what will happen if they do or don't do. But Ryan, just give me real fast. How are you going to view this team? How are you going to view the Packers if they win or lose? Yeah, Andrew, if the Packers win, which I would not at all be surprised if they do, I feel like, again, they're right there at the top of our at the top of the NFC North. And the Vikings played their worst game in many years. The Vikings stink. It is very unlikely they're going to make the playoffs. And the Bears, especially with horrible corner quarterback Andy Dalton, where they got blown out by the Rams, this team looked horrible. And the Lions are clearly looking towards the future as they traded their starting quarterback for draft picks. This team looks surely like they're not playoff contenders. So, Andrew. All the Packers got to do is have a winning record, and even with a losing record, I would not at all be surprised if they still end up making the playoffs. Andrew, if the Packers win this game, they're definitely my pick for winning the division, and even if they lose, I still think as long as it's close, they could still easily win the division. But Andrew, this Lions team, if they can beat the Packers, I don't know. They look like a good team to me, but Andrew, if the Packers lose this game, Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay seems seems little to none. This team... Who knows? There could be major changes on Tuesday morning if the Packers lose this game as badly or even worse than they played against the Saints. Andrew, we've talked about the NFL for so long. I believe it's been almost 20 minutes talking about the NFL. Yes, it's been 20 minutes talking about the NFL. Andrew, let us move on. Andrew, to the MLB. Andrew, the season is winding down. I believe we have two more weeks left about and the season is winding down and Andrew you know that obviously as we talk about every single week the playoffs what teams will be there what teams won't but Andrew we have our first team clinching the playoffs Andrew the San Francisco Giants clinched a playoff spot this week as there's no way they won't make the playoffs but Andrew with that comes the question can the Giants clinch their division Andrew We've been talking about this all year. The Giants and the Dodgers, two of the top teams in the league, sadly for both of them, in the same division. Andrew, what do you think the key is for each of these teams to come out on top in that brutal National League West? Yeah, in my opinion, for the Giants, you just got to keep playing your game, okay? Your hitters who are stepping up, you got to keep them right there. Your pitchers who are doing well, you also got to keep them right there. But with the Dodgers, what you have to do is you have to utilize your superstars. I'm sorry, but in any other sport... If I can, basically what the Dodgers are doing is if, let's say in the NBA, if the Nets and Lakers combined their teams and played every other team, that's basically what the Dodgers have done. But imagine the Nets and Lakers doing that, and let's say that KD and Kyrie are injured, and LeBron plays like he did in 2019, and AD plays like he did last year. Imagine that team. 
That's exactly what's going on with the Dodgers. They have so many superstars, but they're all either injured or doing bad. The only one that's actually doing well is Max Scherzer, who has just been phenomenal since joining the Dodgers. Walker Buehler has been pretty good. He hasn't been phenomenal in his last couple games, but he has been doing very well this season. But just monkey bets, been very, very under par. Cody Ballinger, injured for super long, terrible when he's not injured. Trey Turner, but fine, you have that one really good slider or whatever that ends up on a bunch of TikToks. But other than that, really not that much. I don't know, there's other stuff that's going on around them, but just just stuff that they can't do. And just like, if all their guys play how they should be playing, they'd be World Series champions by now and have clinched the entire league or whatever. But in my opinion, I got to go with the Giants winning this division. It's close. Still two and a half games between them and the Dodgers. But I just feel like the Giants have had this division basically the entire year. I just don't see them giving it up that easily. But... This matchup is going to be very interesting if we see it in the playoffs. But fine, one team that I think we've completely forgotten about for the past month, and I'm not saying I'm mad at you, I'm just saying we never talk about them anymore, is the San Diego Padres. Fine, going into the season, people would love them. They said it was them and the Dodgers, them and the Dodgers, them and the Dodgers, them and the Dodgers. Fine, now they're not even in the conversation. Fine, what the hell happened to the San Diego Padres? Andrew, that's a question that everyone wants to know, and I still don't have an answer. Andrew, these Padres have Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Yu Dervish, Blake Snell, Nelson Lamont, and all of these amazing guys, Chris Paddock, and um, just they're just stinking. I mean, Andrew, this team just nothing turned out for them how they wanted. Every guy on the team besides Fernando Tatis is having an off year. Blake Snell has really struggled with injuries and really has really been struggling this year. It's just so tough to know what's going on with this team just because they're playing so bad every time they play the Dodgers or the Giants. It's just not even close. This Padres team is just really struggling. I mean, it just feels like what more can you ask for? I mean, you have the brightest young star in the game in Fernando Tatis. And you have Manny Machado, who's one of the top hitters in the game. You have some of the top pitchers in the league. They added a ton over last offseason. And just, it's just shocking. This team is not doing better. Andrew, I don't know what they can do better. Andrew, I feel like this offseason, they're going to be one of the hottest teams in the league. Andrew, if you were the Padres GM this offseason, would you try to add some new players? Or would you try to maybe trade Manny Machado or bring up some younger guys? What do you think? Well, Ryan, I feel like for this Padres team, I don't know if there's another answer. I mean, I'd say the one thing that I am super happy about is locking down Fernando Tatis. Now, to be honest, I don't care if you're not going to win the World Series this year. I don't care if you're not going to win the World Series in the next five years. But just the fact that you know that you got Tatis, the fact that you know that you got time, you got time that so little other teams have, the Dodgers, they don't have that Fernando Tatis guy. They don't have that guy. Then six or seven years is still going to be in that organization, guaranteed to be an all-star every single year. Now, fine, maybe they got some random guy in the trade from the Red Sox or the Nationals or whatever. That was a decent prospect, but that's a prospect. This is Fernando Tatis Jr., who's a top candidate for the MVP. That's why with the Blue Jays with Ryan Guerrero. That's why with the Angels with Shohei Otani. If you have two or three other parts, you could be an amazing team. But this Padres team added those parts. They have five or six other parts. But like the Dodgers, they're underperforming. I just have to say that in the sports world, nothing matters if a guy doesn't perform. With the Nets, people say, 
They got the big three. They're going to win the championship. But then they underperformed. They got injured. And that was their downfall. Exact same with the Padres. They got so many good guys. But they underperformed or got injured. And that is their exact downfall. Cannot believe this is happening. But just some statistics. In the NL, the Padres are still the second wildcard team by about two and a half games. So if we see them in the playoffs, I don't know. Could this team be a dark horse to maybe make it far? I don't know. Very interesting. Ryan talking about a lot about the NL. The Brewers are still the clear-cut second, third or second best team, however you want to put it. Technically the third best team, but the second best division winner. So they would get the two seed almost no matter what. Actually, I think they're very close to clinching it. Only about three or four more wins, and they would clinch that seed. So definitely interesting with that. And going to the American League right now, we see no team as dominant as the Dodgers or the Giants, but still the Rays. Still 89 win, 89-53 right now. Only two and a half games back behind the Dodgers. Obviously not super important, but just very interesting to see the comparison between the AL to NL. Now looking at the Central and the West, we see two other teams really emerge. We see the Astros with the Athletics and Mariners very close behind. And then we see the White Sox pulling away from the Central. The Indians, terrible, under 500. The White Sox at 81-61. and 61. This could also be very interesting because we see that the Rays are eight games above the White Sox and the Astros, but who's the second team? Fine. Who do you think is the second best team in the American League? Andrew, I feel like it's got to be the Chicago White Sox. Andrew, they've had guys in and out the entire season. But Andrew, I just feel like this team is just one of the top in the week. Andrew, we've seen the Astros have a good season, and I feel like the White Sox have also had one of the top seasons. But I feel like when it comes time on the White Sox, you got Lanslin, you got Lucas Giolito, you got Carlos Rodon, you just got all these guys. And I feel like the Astros, they have a lot of good guys. But I mean, Brantley went down with an injury this week. And just Jose Altuve is not really having the season he would have liked. And just this season has gone up and down and up and down. And I feel like for the White Sox, it's been smooth sailing. They are playing good baseball right here at the end of September. And I feel like into October, this White Sox team is going to be good. But Andrew, this is one matchup I really want to watch. The White Sox and the Astros, two of the top teams in our league, two of the top organizations in our league. I love this matchup. Don't get me wrong. You love watching a good team. You love it, but you got to love a good matchup. Two hardworking baseball clubs that I feel like this matchup will come down to the wire. To the wire. And who doesn't want to see a good, close matchup come down to the, wi- to the wire? It's great for the fans. It's great for the game. Hopefully, it should be a great playoffs that, again, start in just about two weeks. So we'll have to continue to watch this situation. Yeah, Vine, the MLB, super excited, Vine, with the NBA. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive that nothing has happened in the last week. Basically nothing. So, Ryan, let's just talk about a question. Now, I feel like what I've started to do is think about how do we make these sports more exciting when we're not in the season. And, Ryan, I was thinking that we pose a question that I feel like we disagree on. So, Ryan, let me ask you a question, okay? Out of all of last year's All-Stars, okay? Start to get those guys in your head, okay? Start to think about it, okay? And I'll give you time to think. Out of all those guys... Tell me, who is the number one guy in your head? Number one guy. Not going to make it this year. Now I'll give you some time to think while I start to explain more. Now I'll say there were a lot of good guys this year and a lot of older guys, but a lot of younger guys. So I feel like this could go in two directions. It could go with the older guy who's going to fall off or it could go with the younger guy who might start to bust. Mine, I'm going to give you the phone. Tell me your answer. And that was a great question. I really don't know, but Andrew... My guess, 
I really don't know, but I gotta go with Ben Simmons. Andrew, it feels like last year after the All-Star game, everything, actually, Ben Simmons was not an All-Star. But, Andrew, I feel like Chris Paul is gonna be the guy. Andrew, last year, things went really bad for the Suns at the end of the finals when they lost four straight to lose the NBA Finals. Chris Paul's first ever time making the finals and first ever finals loss with that finals win still evading him. Andrew, the question becomes, can Chris Paul do it again? Andrew, I believe Chris Paul is 36 or so. I believe he was drafted before the year 2007, which means he's been in the league for way too long, and I would not be surprised if he doesn't fall off, but he doesn't have as good of a season. Now, Andrew, which guy that didn't make the All-Star game last year will make it this year? Andrew, there are a lot of good guys. Maybe Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Brandon Ingram, Ben Simmons, Maybe Darren Fox, Shagilius Alexander, Tobias Harris, Andrew, Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. A lot of really good guys that did not make the cut. Andrew, I know you love all the time in the world to think about this question, but part of this fun game is you got to pick a guy on the fly. Andrew, first guy that comes in your head, gut feeling, who's going to make it? Brian, to be honest, I don't even know why this comes in my head, but one guy that I just feel like is definitely going to go is LaMelo Ball. I know this guy's super flashy, so a lot of people don't like him. But I have to say, last year, he proved so many people wrong. Rookie of the year. I still say it was Anthony Edwards to lose, but without that story for a different day. But just like LaMelo, he really proved that he is the leader of that Hornets team. Goran Hayward, congratulations, being tw- 35 years old and still being able to be decent in the NBA. But I'm sorry, LaMelo Ball was that leader. He led them to that eight seed or whatever it was that they got knocked down in the playing tournament. I just feel like he is the guy. He is an all-star. And to be honest, I see him making it. But now that I have some more time to think in my brain, right now, I feel like DeMar DeRozan could be another candidate. I'm not saying he definitely will. I'm saying watch out for his name this season. New place in Chicago. New home after that Spurs really did not work out. Just keep an eye on this one. Vine, thank you for answering my question. You're welcome for answering yours. Hopefully next week we'll think of better questions and give each other less time to think. But let's move on to some Minnesota sports. Vine, the Vikings this week. Almost everyone knows this, but we did lose against the Bengals in this week matchup. Now, it was very close, but with very close games, that always means that we blew it. Ryan, just walk to me how this game went and what the Vikings... Yeah, just our Minnesota Vikings just offense just was not there yesterday. As just, I mean, just, we scored 21 points in last week's game. Now, Andrew, if we were playing the Cardinals, or sorry, I don't mean Cardinals, I mean like... The Jets, or, like, if we were playing a really good defense, like the Rams, or maybe, like, the 49ers, or the Ravens, or the Steelers, I guess three touchdowns would have been okay, but, Andrew, against the Bengals? The Bengals! Come on! Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, just downright unacceptable to not even score score four measly touchdowns, Andrew, our defense was actually not that bad, but we didn't do as well as I would have liked against second-year quarterback Joe Burrow. But it looks like our defense is coming together, but our offense has to be better. Andrew, coming into this season, there were sky-high expectations for the Vikings. I've seen a lot of people project the Vikings to make the playoffs, and a lot of other people project us to maybe even go deep in the playoffs. Andrew, 
after this disappointing loss to the Bengals, what are your expectations for the Vikings this season? Well, Ryan, to be honest, I feel like, don't get me wrong, the Vikings played very well in this game. And don't get me wrong, obviously a loss is a loss. There's, as people say a lot, there's no almost win points in sports. It's either you win or you lose. There's no in-between, besides maybe a tie. But in this game, it was a loss in my mind. Because this has been a factor all of last year, and even the year before. Which is, the Vikings can't close games. If we get into an o- overtime, or if we get into it's a one-score game, and we gotta get a stop to win, or we gotta get a touchdown to win, or we gotta get a field goal to win. And I'm sorry, but to be honest, the Vikings, time and time again, we just can't finish. We just don't have that number one guy. Now, don't get me wrong. Justin Jefferson had a great season last year. Adam Thielen had a bunch of touchdowns last year and is great near the end zone. And Harrison Smith and Eric Hendricks, they're good. But we just need a superstar. I'm not saying if there's anything anyone can do. I'm just saying I just feel like until the Vikings do this, I don't know how we're going to close games. With the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, if you give him the ball with a minute and a half to go besides yesterday or whenever they play the Saints, besides that... He was almost automatic. When you have the Rams defense and they say you got to get a stop, Aaron Donald goes out and gets a strip sack, wins you the game. Jalen Ramsey goes out and gets an interception. The Vikings just don't have that. If you remember, last year when we played, this, when we played the Seahawks in week 4 or 5 or whatever, right before our bye, and people were saying, oh my God, if they could upset them, they would be phenomenal. And we had so many chances. Two fourth downs. Two fourth downs. And you know what? They capitalized on both. We could not finish that game. And people were saying, oh, if we kicked a field goal here, we'd win. Or, oh, if Dalvin Cook gets this one-yard rush, we'd win. And no, we could not finish. I'm just saying, the Vikings, this was a fine game. And a lot of guys did well, but a lot of guys didn't. But I'm just saying, until we can learn how to finish, we're not going to be a good team. The Cardinals, we got the Cardinals this week. To be honest, I like our chances, to be honest. I agree that this Cardinals defense is good, but I just feel like their secondary is not that great. Buda Baker's talented, but that cornerback room is definitely going to struggle against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, has to be the vocal point of this game. Dalvin Cook, you want to give him the ball as much as possible, but that run defense is just phenomenal. So in my opinion, you got to get Jefferson going, or there's just absolutely no way the Vikings will get off the ground. But to be honest, the only good news of last week is that all the other NFC North teams lost. The Lions, to be honest, surprisingly looked the best out of all the teams against the 49ers, having a late comeback after a couple lucky onside kicks. But to be honest, the Niners definitely had that game in hand. Obviously, we saw the Packers get blown out by Ryan telling us his expectation that they're going to turn around. The Bears played a very good team in the Rams, by far the best team that anyone played. But to be honest... They just look so bad that I don't even care how good the Rams are. They could have played the Chiefs, and they still play that bad. I don't like them for this season. Ron, anything you want to add about this Minnesota Vikings team before we talk about college football real fast? Yeah, Andrew, just a couple of things that I am looking to watch this week. Andrew, against this Cardinals team, they have one of the most challenging offenses to stop. We clearly see MVP hopeful Kyler Murray spearpointing this offense. I would not at all be surprised if he has an amazing game. I feel like if we can stop him... We have a good chance to win this game and do very well and possibly even end up winning the game. But, Andrew, we also really have to watch this Cardinals defense. Andrew, as you told us last year, they stopped the Titans offense. Andrew, when we look at the Titans offense, 
Their running back, Derrick Henry, is better than Dalvin Cook. Their offensive line is better than ours. Their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is better than ours. Their number one wide receiver, A.J. Brown, is better than ours, Justin Jefferson. Their number two wide receiver, Julio Jones, is better than ours, Adam Thielen. Their tight end, Anthony Furster, is better than ours, and Tyler Conklin. And the rest of their wide receivers are much better than ours. Andrew, this Titans offense seems better than ours in every single way, and the Cardinals dominated that. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It would be foolish of me to say, oh, they're exactly the same. But, Andrew, I would be shocked if the Vikings are able to put up four or five touchdowns this week. That would be really impressive. Now, I'd have a lot more confidence in this defense. Andrew, do you think the Vikings can win this week? Just a yes or a no? No. Thank you, Andrew, for that very solid answer. Let's see if our predictions come true with our game today. Should be a great game. Andrew. Let us quickly move on to our Minnesota Golden Gophers. Andrew, the Golden Gophers yesterday played Colorado, and they had a great game. Let us see if the Gophers can do well next week. As right now, we aren't playing too many good teams, so hopefully the Gophers can rack up a couple of good wins to have a good enough season. Obviously, after losing last week, one of their top players in Muhammad Ibrahim, their running back, it really hurt. So let's see if they can hopefully have a solid offense because we know this defense is going to struggle this year. Andrew, college football. Now, Andrew, we haven't really seen anything interesting happen yesterday, but Andrew, just looking at the new rankings, which come out every Tuesday night. Andrew, these rankings were fascinating the last time we saw them. But Andrew, the week before, I believe the rankings were number one, Alabama. Number two, I believe was Georgia. I believe number three was Ohio State. We saw at number four, there was Oklahoma. Number five was Texas A&M. Clemson was number six. Cincinnati was number seven. Notre Dame was number eight. Iowa State was number nine. And then we saw that Iowa was number 10. Andrew, they got really shaken up. Andrew, as we saw last week, Ohio State get knocked off by Oregon. Andrew, Oregon climbed to number four. Andrew, the Oregon Ducks are the number four team in the country. They haven't been this high in the past five seasons. Andrew, the Oregon Ducks have had one really good game against Ohio State. Let's see if they can continue this dominance because, Andrew, the way they played against Ohio State, if they played that well against really good teams, they could have a shot to play Alabama in that national championship game. Andrew, we saw last week number 10 Iowa beat number 9 Iowa State. And, Andrew, that made the Iowa Hawkeyes move into the top five as they are now the number five team ranked in the country. Andrew, at, in the top three, not much is shaken up. Alabama, clearly number one. Georgia stays at number two after that resounding win last week against UAB. And, Andrew, at number three, we clearly saw Ohio State lose. So they were pushed back all the way to 10 in Oklahoma, leapfrogged them to move into that number three spot. Outside the top five, we see Clemson. Hanging on at number six, they cannot afford another bad game this season. Number seven, we see Texas A&M. At number eight, we see the Cincinnati Bearcats. Number nine, we saw we see Ohio State, who slept back there after their bad loss last week to Oregon. Number ten, we see the Nittany Lions of Penn State, Andrew, who this week have a very highly touted matchup against number 22, Auburn. That is one of the first top 25 versus 25 matchups that we've seen this season. And again... If you can win those games against top teams in the country, even if you're one of the top, it matters a lot. Let's see what happens in the coming weeks 
Because, Andrew, everyone is excited for the college football playoffs. But, Andrew, right now, right here, right now, tell us, what team do you think will be playing Alabama in the national championship for that championship trophy? Well, in my opinion right now, you got to look at Oklahoma. I mean, don't get me wrong, they haven't played a phenomenal team. But I just have to say, every single part of this team has looked amazing. Now, Georgia, they obviously beat Clemson, and they had the other great win. But just this Oklahoma team, every single facet, from every single position, to every single scoring, to passing, to running, to defense, to blocking, to everything, has just looked phenomenal. And it's looked number two at almost everything. Now, Georgia, they also are very talented. Because they beat Clemson. And to be honest, they were winning for the majority of that ballgame and that defense. It's just on point. But I just don't know because in their other matchup against a not top five team, I mean, honestly, they won because you got to win or else you wouldn't even be in the top 25. But just very, very interesting to see if this is a dominant team. But one team I'm just saying to watch out for is the Michigan Wolverines. Now, clearly, they have not played a Clemson there. Oh, or Ohio State or whatever yet. But I'm just saying this team has been very, very good so far. Just kind of like the Oklahoma team. Not as dominant. So I'm not saying they're not going to be top two. I'm just saying top ten, possibly. Watch out for this team. Ryan, anything you want to add about this college football? Yeah, Andrew, not that much. Yesterday, we saw Michigan have an amazing win. And it looks like this team should easily be inside the top 20. But Andrew, again, I don't know how far this team is really going to go after a kind of tough start to the season. But, Andrew, let's see where this season goes. College football, very exciting. Let us move on, Andrew, to our Minnesota Twins. Andrew, the Twins have, I believe, been officially eliminated from the playoffs. We knew we weren't going to the playoffs ever since about the past two months. Andrew, do you think there's anything worth watching the rest of this Twins season? To be honest, probably not. I mean, like, there could be some interesting pitchers that come up, like Griffin Jacks or Bailey Ober or whatever, or Alex Columbe. But I just feel like season's pretty much gone. I mean, like, we really just saw from, like, the injuries to the underperforming. Now, I don't want to make a huge comparison, but I just have to say the twin season was kind of like the Dodgers season. Now, I'm not saying the Twins are going to get 90 wins. What I am saying is that both teams had a bunch of injuries and a bunch of underperformers. One of them had seven MVPs and four Cy Youngs. The other was the Twins. That just gives you some perspective of how good the Dodgers really are on paper compared to how the guys performed versus the Twins, how they were a decent team on paper. Guys did terrible. Guys got injured. And then they were putrid. Just could not do anything. To be honest, this season, very disappointing. Got to look forward to next season, though. Got to start looking for the soft season, see what they can do, see what moves they can make, see what to get excited for. Ryan, let us move on to the birthday of the day. Today, the birthday is Trey Young. Trey Young, the star point guard for the Atlanta Hawks. Just a lot of people don't like him. But you know who dislikes him the most? The city of New York. Because after his game against the Knicks in the playoff multiple times, their team was just so upset with him because, to be honest, he beat them, he crushed them. But you know what people hate more than just a winner? Is a winner who talks. Is a winner who isn't always the nicest and isn't always a humble winner. And honestly, we all love sports. If you're listening to this, either 
family, or you love sports. But, and usually, some sports like the Super Bowl or the Olympics will make it into the newspaper or into, like, important stuff. But this was so important that the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, had to bring it up in a speech around the time of the next playoff loss. And he said, Trey Young, stop flopping. Stop flopping. Because Trey Young, for some reason, is earned the nickname of the flopper or something like that. I don't know. It's stupid. But because a lot of times he draws fouls, to be honest, sometimes it's a little much, but a lot of times it's also a foul. But he was just so upset that in a national news conference that you could watch on TV, he pointed out an NBA player, and this wasn't a championship. The Hawks lost in the next round against, or two rounds later against the Milwaukee Bucks. But just crazy that he felt the need to bring it up. Happy birthday, Trey Young. Keep making people mad at you. And just remember... It doesn't matter if people are mad at you. It just matters what you think of yourself. But happy birthday, Vine. Not a ton of news going on around the sports world. Anything you want to tell us before we wrap this up? Yeah, Andrew, not that much other news. But just, Andrew, the NFL season is underway. We have all of these amazing rookies going out. Let's see if Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson can bounce back to really look like the guy that they were drafted to Let's continue to watch situation in the MLB because the playoffs start in just two weeks. And let's see who will be the champion. Andrew, last year, we felt almost positive it would be the Dodgers. Now, don't get me wrong. We have teams that are favorites, but I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox or the Astros or the Brewers or even the Padres made a run at the championship this year. And I feel like this is going to be one of the more exciting playoffs we've seen in a long time. Andrew. Next week, we'll have the NFL season finished week two and the first game of week three with Thursday Night Football. Next week, we'll be one week away from the MLB playoffs. Next week, the NBA will be one week closer to starting their season. College football will have already had, I believe, its fourth week and a third of the way down with the season. And we'll definitely have been able to see what are the top teams in the league and who is going to move on. And the Vikings will have played another game and probably lost another game. Andrew, next week on Twin Talk MN.